0: Welcome to C3 Bell Conan. You're about to hear a message from Pastor Nikon. So, uh, looking forward to sharing a message with you today uh, with a bit of a cheeky title. Where we've got a new series coming up and we're calling it Match Fitness. And uh, we're talking about really how we kind of get back in the game as we transition towards uh, really gathering for church again. And so, these watch parties are a great first step. And like I said before, I can say, Heineck, there in the front row. Yeah, I'm good. Thank you. Thanks for asking. Uh, I'm going to read to you uh, a passage that's been really blessing me uh, for this last little while and I found I needed a a reminder uh, that just kind of I'm a part of something bigger. And uh, I love, I've been camping out in a few passages, a lot of the Psalms. But boy, Colossians uh, chapter 1 is just really blessing me at the moment. Let me read to you uh, this this passage from the Passion Translation. and, And it's from verse 15 of Colossians 1. And I love the title. It says, The Supremacy of Christ. Here it goes. He is the divine portrait. The true likeness of the invisible God and the firstborn heir of all creation. For through the Son, everything was created, both in the heavenly realm and on earth, all that is seen and all that is unseen. Every seat of power, every realm of government, every principality and authority. It was all created through him and for his purpose. He existed before anything else was made, and now everything finds completion in him. He is the head of his body. That's us, the church. And since he is the beginning and firstborn heir in resurrection, he is the most exalted one, holding first place in everything. For God is satisfied to have all his fullness dwelling in Christ. And by the blood of his cross, everything in heaven and on earth is brought back to himself, back to its original intent, restored to innocence again. I love this passage reminding me of the bigness of our God of the preeminence the supremacy of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ and my place in all of that in fact the new living translation follows on from the, into the next verse saying this includes you and it reminds us that we were once far away from God but we have been brought near by the blood of Jesus Christ. And this is just pure and simple gospel. And I'm so thankful to be reminded over and over and over again that that is where I find my place. That is what defines my life. Circumstances come and go. Uh, This is maybe a one in a century kind of event we are experiencing and uh, walking our way through at the moment. But there's always things going on in our world, sometimes on a global scale, sometimes on a very personal scale. Hey, the impact is still the same, right? And, And so we're always going through things. But you know what? Over, above and through it all is Jesus Christ is our God, our Lord and Saviour, who is faithful. His faithfulness endures forever and His mercies are new every single day. How good is it to be reminded that we're a part of the bigger picture? I've really needed this because I've discovered that as much as I've maybe complained about this whole COVID season, as much as it's had its downsides, hey, we adapt, right? And, And so we've adapted into these new ways of doing life. And we've sort of got comfortable in a new kind of discomfort. There are these things that we're complaining about, and yet here's the weird thing. We're complaining about things that we're actually not willing to leave behind. We're not maybe ready right now. And I know right now I'm speaking to people in homes, maybe on your own, maybe gathering with others, and a bunch of people here in our church building as well. And we're all at different stages of this journey. But the the one thing we have in common is that we've all lived through this massive change over the last little while. And, And what it's most often prompted is for us to live a little bit more of an insular kind of life. And a lot of that's been by necessity. I mean, even just the challenging language around social distancing or physical distancing, um, you know, if you're in a home, that doesn't matter so much anymore. But if you're in the facility here, like there are gaps in the seats between us and other people. And while we're rejoicing that we at least get to be together, there's still this, these reminders that we have this level of separation that we've not experienced before. And what I've discovered is that even though I'm not a big fan of this, I, I sort of didn't want to embrace it to, to that degree. You know, obviously we did to be safe and look after others. I've sort of gotten weirdly used to it. And it means that I've actually got to remind myself that that's not the way that we are called to live. That although sometimes it actually can be a little easier to live in a sense of isolation or a little bit further removed from others. And of course, I'm talking both physically and emotionally, all the other ways. I'm actually really designed for connection. I'm designed to connect with you, with other people, and above all, designed for connection with our Heavenly Father. And I want to just take this moment to remind us that we're not just called to live this life of faith in Christ in isolation, but hey, we're coming back together. And I know it doesn't mean we just have to be in the same building all the time, but this sense of community is what matters so much, that so the call to follow Christ is always a call into community. So I want to say in this kind of match fitness series that we're doing, I want to sort of invite you back into the game. You know, if you've got if you've got a sporting bent in you, maybe you you do some social sport. Maybe you have got kids who are in sport. Uh, however, it works for you. There's usually an, a, a season and then an off season. The funny thing is, you might love it in while you're in the game, but in the off season, it just kind of thing seems like hard work to get back into things. And we found this with our kids as we've been trying to get them ready for you know the upcoming season. And this one's taken forever to start. That sometimes they need that kickstart to get motivated again. And so often what that is is being reminded about the love of the game. What it is that we're passionate about. So can I can I call you out, guys? Can we say, let's call this preseason. Let's say this is us getting our match fitness back up again, getting uh, used to, getting limbered up, you know, getting our cardio uh, back up, getting the muscle memory firing, and stepping back into the game. Even if that looks a little bit differently, hey, let's keep clarity and focus on what it looks like to walk out this life of faith in Christ. Together, not just living it out in isolation. And I'm loving that we're hearing stories and people are sharing a lot. How hey, um, my prayer life has gone deeper in this season. You know, without the, the others to maybe worship with, I've discovered what that looks like in my own life in a better way. Maybe I've dived deeper into the Word than I ever have before. And I'm I'm so excited for that. Hey, I know it hasn't been that way for everybody. I've had my ups and downs, absolutely. But I want to remind us that a big part of living out a life of faith in Christ, is figuring out how to do that in community. That's why that passage we read earlier in Colossians 1, it describes the supremacy and the fullness of Christ and includes us. It says, here, here we are is His body. He is the head of His body, the church. You know what, this, this thing, whether you're in the room or whether you're in your room at home, Jesus loves His church. He loves the gathered, assembled, connected body of believers, okay? And it's like this idea that, hey, if you're training for your sport, your fitness and your individual skills are necessary, they're important. But it's actually the context. You don't develop those skills and all that to, to just live it out in isolation. They come to their fore when you're part of the team, when you are living it out with others. And so much of our life of faith in Christ actually can't be lived out in isolation, Colossians, a little earlier in chapter 1, says this from verse 6, This same good news that came to you is going out all over the world. It touches down and it spreads out. It is bearing fruit everywhere by changing lives, just as it changed your lives from the very first day you heard and understood the truth about God's wonderful grace. It goes on to say, you learned this good news, as Paul writes to this particular church, from Epaphras, our beloved co-worker. He's Christ's faithful servant, and he's helping us on your behalf. He's told us about the love for others the Holy Spirit has given you. See, this is what happens is that bold people whose lives have been touched and changed by Jesus Christ share that love with others, invite others into that experience, and it stirs something. And the Holy Spirit gets on that, and we're motivated, with love towards others, and we continue to share this good news. You see, Evidence that Jesus Christ has touched down in our hearts is a love for others, is a desire to share with others. Uh, We've we've talked about in recent weeks in Galatians and Romans, it says that we are called to serve one another in love. That That in the language, sometimes it says it as strongly as this, we belong to each other. And I'm so looking forward to having you back in the game. I'm so looking forward to continuing this journey with you. Because the reality is in community, We find a way to live out the love of God. It's not enough just for us to know that we are loved, but you and I are called to love, called to outwork God's love in our lives. And you know what? This is one of the most healthy things that we can do, not just living for self, but actually living in the context of community, whether that's up close and personal or in this sort of virtual sense as well that we're experiencing. There's a way for us to step out of our comfort zone in a safe way, uh, and be connecting with others, be encouraging and uplifting, be finding ways to stir up and to serve one another in love. You see, if God is vitally at work in my life, we shared this last Sunday in the interview that James and I shared, uh, it affects my relationships. If God is vitally at work in my life, you can tell it should be evident in those around me. There should be a rubbing off of me on others. There should be attitudinal shifts in me. There should be rough edges getting uh, worn off. And this all happens because we have the example and the inspiration of our Lord Jesus Christ. He gave, so we give. He forgave, so we forgive. He loved, so we love. He shared, so we share. He served so we can serve one another. Here's the bottom line. You and I are designed for community. We are designed for connection. We are designed to be a part of the body, to literally be functioning parts alongside one another, we are not designed to walk out this life of faith in isolation you know and as we journey further into the book of Colossians chapter 3 describes all of these traits all of these godly habits and this lifestyle that is only active when we're in community it can't be done in isolation in verse 12 Colossians 3 says this since God chose you to be the holy people he loves you must clothe yourselves with tender-hearted mercy with kindness and humility with gentleness and And always be thankful. Let's remember that, that line there. As members of one body. As individual parts of a collective whole. As you and I each have roles to play. And I want to expand on that further uh, in, in our message and our time together next Sunday. But as we all have our parts to play, uh, the whole body grows and is healthy. We are called to live alongside each other in this incredible journey of faith, hope, love and peace. You know what? i got to tell you. I cannot wait to need to forgive you very soon, okay? Like at a distance, I don't know what you're thinking. Your your actions are hardly affecting me, right? But I cannot wait to need to forgive you soon. I cannot wait to, you know, need to practice patience. I cannot wait to have to remind myself to allow the Holy Spirit to work in me, to be kind when I maybe don't want to feel like that, maybe be gentle when the, the first reaction might be, Hush! I can't wait to need to practice all this stuff on real people again, I love the fact that so much of what it looks like to live a transformed life in Jesus Christ actually only shows up in a sense of community. Isn't that a crazy thought? So much of what it looks like to have the Holy Spirit at work in our lives only shows up when we are around other people. You see, the real measure of our relationship with God, we're told, is is actually seen in our relationship with others. Jesus said to his disciples, he said, this is how people are going to know that you belong to me that you're my disciples, if you have love one for another. You know, now that's a, that's a nice statement, right? That's that's a powerful statement, that our love for each other shows that we are followers of Jesus. It shows that something has happened. But you see, think about when Jesus said that. That that line is is in John 13. In John 13 and 14, there's this sort of preamble. And then through, all the way through to 17, as Jesus is laying out For the disciples, his departure, he's saying, I'm going to go. So Jesus is actually speaking this to a group of people in a climate of fear. And what we've seen globally over this time is that fear and anxiety often enhances and increases the separation amongst people. We recoil from each other. We stop assuming the best. All these weird thoughts start to get into the mix. And in a climate of fear, often love is the last thought, right? But we're told that perfect love casts out all fear. And so Jesus is saying to a group of people who already do and will increasingly have reasons to fear and set up uh, barriers between themselves and others. He says, no, no, no. Actually, what is going to define you, what is going to single you out amongst other people is that you're not going to bow to fear, is that you're not going to look to self-interest, but you are going to step out of your comfort zone. You are going to respond in love you are going to show that you belong to me because of your love for one another that's how you are going to stand out and i guess if i got one goal here today Ultimately, it's to provoke you. It's to stir you up. Maybe it's to remind you of what you've been missing. Maybe it's to challenge you to, uh, you know, kind of take off the UGG boots, put on the training shoes, and get ready to get back in the game. Maybe it's to to just get you longing uh, again to be gathered, to be in the house of God. If you've joined us uh, virtually over this season, we cannot wait to meet you in person. And over coming weeks, I'd love to think everybody can kind of dip their toe back in the water and, and get. Along to one of the six uh, watch parties that we've got at church, and you're registering for those, and then soon those will turn into live services. While there's still online opportunities, but hey, let's together get back in the game. You know, Hebrews ten uh, says in verse twenty four and twenty five this this powerful reminder to us. I love it. Let us think of ways to motivate one another to acts of love and good works. And let us not neglect our meeting together as some do, but encourage one another. Especially now the day of his return is drawing near. Let's think of ways to motivate one another. Other translations say things like let's stir one another up. Let's provoke one another to love and good deeds. Let's find ways to bring out the best in ourselves and others by by breaking out of this sort of insular shell and engaging uh, again. I'm just so keen to see you. I'm so excited to be seeing you in person, hopefully over this, uh, this next month. And I want to just finish up with a, uh, another passage that reminds us of the big picture that we are a part of. In Philippians chapter 2, as again we are reading about the glory and the supremacy of Jesus Christ, uh, the, the, all the starts out of like this. Is there any encouragement from belonging to Christ? Any comfort from His love? Any fellowship together in the Spirit? Are your hearts tender and compassionate? And wouldn't we love to say yes to all of those things? And this is what he says is the result. Then make me truly happy by agreeing wholeheartedly with one another, loving one another and working together with one mind and one purpose. This is what it looks like to live out our faith. Don't be selfish. Don't try and impress others. Don't, but be humble. Thinking of others is better than yourselves. Don't look out only for your own interests, but take an interest in others too. Let's remember what it is like to do life shoulder to shoulder, even if that's a little bit further away than it normally is. Let's remember what it is like to do life connected, even if it it may not be physically connected. But hey, we can be in the same room. We can be of one spirit, of one heart and of one mind. We can be reaching out and speaking into each other's lives. You know, Ultimately, all of this flows from what Jesus Christ has done for us. We can love... Because we are loved. 1 John 4 sums it up and says it like this. In verse 9, God showed how much He loves us by sending His one and only Son into the world so that we might have eternal life through Him. This is real love. Not that we first loved God, but that He loved us and sent His Son as a sacrifice to take away our sins. This is real love. Not that we first loved God, but that He loved us and sent His Son as a sacrifice to take away our sins. We can love because we are loved. Thanks for listening to our latest Sunday message. If you would like to find out more about our church, visit www.c3belconnon.org.au.